Whether your camera is new or just new to you, you're going to want to make sure you check these settings on your next Canon camera. Hi there, Canon friends. Welcome to the EOS Photographer Podcast. If you are learning photography using your Canon gear, you're in the right place. Here, we speak with great photographers and extract practical lessons for you. From Rebels to 5Ds, the gear you own is the gear we'll feature. Now, here's your host, Linford Morton. Do you know how to set up your new camera once you've finished the grand unboxing? There's so many things to consider when you get a new camera. I broke them into three categories. One, set it and forget it. Two, set it and know where to find it. Three, set it and keep setting it. Now, these are pretty self-explanatory, but I'll get into it during the episode. You'll want to pay attention to this episode but you won't need to take notes. I'll have a free download with all the information you need. All right, let's get started. I got a text from my mom last week and she said, did you see the Groupon with all the Canon T6Is? They sold thousands of them. Now, I hadn't seen, but I know these cameras and that particular model, the T6, the T6Is, those have been selling well for a long time. Places like Costco have just been churning them out. And while all the camera diehards and the industry would have you think that everybody was focused on mirrorless, a lot of the newbies were adopting Rebels. Well, if you have one of them, you're going to need to set it up, and that's what this episode is about. In fact, this episode is helpful not just for newbies, but anyone who's picked up a used camera or even a rental. Let's just say you rent a camera for a job. You'll want to go through these settings to make sure you don't get stuck with the last renter's decisions. Trust me, that's happened to me before. And what about the used camera? You know, part of making the camera now yours is going through these choices. Now, as I said before, I broke them into three categories. Set it and forget it. Now, this is when you personalize your camera with these choices and you shouldn't ever have to worry about them again. The second category is set it and know where to find it. Now this of course means you should know where to find these settings before you go out to shoot. You'll adjust them depending on what kind of photography you're doing but it's not going to be that frequent. And number three set it and keep setting it these are the ones you will be actively adjusting as you shoot. You better know where to find these, whether you are shooting in the daylight or especially if you're shooting at nighttime and you can't see your camera. Now, what goes without saying, but I sort of hinted at it just now, is this process of setting up your camera is also about getting to know your camera better. You want to know your camera so well, and I talked about this when I discussed the emerging photographer phase last week. Part of the emerging photographer phase is getting to know not just yourself, but your camera so well that you know exactly where to go to do anything you need to do. And 
the initial process of setting your camera up is also a getting to know you phase. You learn exactly where everything is located. You set it up just the way you like it so that when you're ready to shoot, it should be one less thing to worry about. All right. Okay. Let's get into the three levels of settings for your new camera. Your first category is set it and forget it. Again, these are the things you'll, you should not need to do multiple times. You'll do it once, get it out of the way. And for the most part, you shouldn't need to revisit. The first thing you should do is download a PDF of your camera manual. You want to download it electronically and keep it somewhere you can easily access it when you need to reference it on the go. Now, I always download it and put it into my Evernote. If you have some other kind of a note-taking app or if you have an app that lets you read PDFs on your phone or tablet, you might want to download it and put it there. I remember when I would do lots of photo walks, I'd see so many cameras and I wasn't able to be familiar with each camera model in depth like that. So if someone would ask, hey, how do I do such and such? And it was something that I wasn't quite sure about. I could pull down the manual and go through it really quickly and find an answer. And you'd be surprised how quick and easy it is to find most common answers in your camera manual. Now, when you open your, when you do your unboxing in a lot of the Canon cameras, there's going to be a QR code that it will ask you to scan. I know in Canon USA, that's how it is. And when you scan it, it should take you to the download page for your camera manual. Now, if you don't find that, if you go to my website, eosphotographer.com forward slash Canon resources, on the Canon USA tab, I'll have a link there that takes you right to each camera model and that model's camera manual page on the Canon USA site. Because you'll see I have resources for a lot of the, the Canon global regions, Canon USA, Canon Australia, Canon Europe, Canon UK, all that good stuff. But for Canon USA, I do have a link to the camera manuals page. So just go to eosphotographer.com forward slash Canon resources. And the first link there should be camera manuals. You click on um, the that and you'll see every camera body there and you just click yours and it'll come, it'll take you to the camera manuals page, right? So that should be easy to find. And while you're at it, take some time and read the manual. You just go through it anyway. Get to know your camera body better. All right. The next thing you want to do is get some of the basic settings out of the way. And that one is like language. The language you'll go through and select whatever language you want to use. Of course, most of us here in the United States will choose English. But you set up the language for your native language so that you can find your way easily around your camera. The next thing you'll want to check is your time zone and time and date. You'll see time and date, date and time rather. That's under the camera tools section of the menu. That's the yellow menu. And you'll go in there and you'll find that and you'll set the date and time to whatever it, it, it is. I, I see a lot of people when I teach who just neglect this step. And I'm not sure why, because, you know, this is not just a cosmetic decision you're making. 
This helps you later because in Lightroom and a lot of other software applications, it makes it easy for you to sort your images and maybe even find them later. You can say, find me all of the images I shot yesterday or the day before. There have been times, for instance, when I may have forgotten to format a card between shoots and I pull it up on my computer and I can say, oh, that's right, give me all the pictures just from today and ignore the others because I know those are the ones that I have downloaded already. So you're looking for just the date and time and getting make, and making sure that's set accurately because that is going to be extremely helpful for you later on. Now, you also want to set your copyright information. And the copyright information is where you can put your name in any other copyright. It usually gives you, a lot of the cameras will give you the option to select the author of the image, meaning this photograph was taken by whom, and then any copyright information as a separate entry. And then it will embed this information into any every file that you shoot. Now, this is important because you might want to identify the image as yours if it, for instance, in this online world, it ever gets away from you, meaning it goes viral or someone downloads it from your Facebook page, passes it along, and someone happens upon it and wants to know whose it is because, let's say, they want to license it. Let me give you a for instance. One day I got an email and it was from a restaurant in New Orleans, Pat O'Brien's, which is a famous restaurant on Bourbon Street. And they said, hey, are you Linford Morton? And did you take this image? And it was a photograph I'd taken right after Hurricane Katrina. I was walking around the French Quarter and I got this image where they, when they just opened it, they had this big banner that says Pat O'Brien's is back in New Orleans. And I had posted it somewhere and didn't remember where, and really had forgotten about the image. And so the person says, hey, I I work with Pat O'Brien's, and I was looking around the web, and I saw this photograph, and we don't have an image of this, and we would very much like to have one for our, you know, our records, because this was an important date for us. And I thought, oh, how neat. He goes, you know, we couldn't find you, but then we went into the image and saw your information. So... That's how it's used. Now, editors of magazines and uh, commercial publications, they know to look in and look in the file. And just in case you're wondering, if you open it in in Photoshop, you go file info and you'll see all the information embedded there. And they can see um, whose photograph it is and get in touch with you if they'd like to use it. Now, for me, I put my name, of course, as the, the author, but I also have, I also include a URL to a page on my site where I'll have just my basic information on, on uh, how to contact me and license an image, because you also want to leave them some way to find you and get in touch with you and contact you if they want to use your image. So you try to make that as simple as possible. So in a lot of my images, what you'll see is author Linford Morton under the copyright info, linfordmorton.com forward slash copyright. 
where you can you will see that you can use the image for instance if you wanted to you're pre-authorized but just give me credit and if you want to use it commercially here's where you contact me that kind of stuff so whatever your wishes are you can that's an easy way of doing it i've seen other people who would just put the copyright symbol and the and the year under the copyright tab so that people know that it is covered under copyright and that you should not use it without permission. And then the other thing you'll want to do is the old sounds and beeps thing. Now this is probably less important, but it is one of one of those things that is important not important until it is. So some people you know that when you depress the shutter and your your camera locks in focus and in a lot of DSLRs you'll hear a beep that confirms you're in focus and some people just don't like that and so you can turn that off in your basic settings you might want to turn it off for instance if you're shooting a wedding or doing shooting somewhere where you want to keep um you know not to have any noise to draw attention to yourself or you just don't want it at all because it makes you feel that you are somehow an amateur. I like the beep confirmation, so I tend to leave it on, but this is where you will register what you like to do. Now, one of the other things you can choose in your settings is file numbering. With file numbering, you can decide if you want the numbering to start over each time you format and and restart uh, with a new shoot. But more importantly, I think, for me anyway, you can change the the three-letter prefix that you have in the file numbering system of your images. So, for instance, for my camera, I always change the three-letter combination to L-Y-N for Lynn. And this comes in handy if I'm ever shooting with other photographers. I can always tell my images at a glance. I remember when I was working and we would come back from a workshop, we would collect everyone's BTS images so that we could just pull them together. Now, I would always know mine at a glance because they were the only ones with the three-letter combination L-Y-N. So if I ever wanted to go back into that folder and say, I just want to look at mine, I knew which ones they were. So file numbering, you'll decide how you want the numbering to work. And you can also choose any three-letter combination you want to use to identify your images. All right, next on the set it and forget it is you want to set your diopter and and or the eyepiece. And if, if you look at the, the eyepiece, there's an often overlooked setting and it's a little knob on the side of it and you use that to basically bring your viewfinder into focus and it's help, helpful for people who wear glasses but even people like me who who won't wear glasses you can use it to adjust it and it's usually something you want to adjust the first time you look through uh, the camera because often when you look through there the first time it might look out of focus and it might feel like you need glasses when you look through there and then you'll just adjust you look through the viewfinder and you'll adjust that knob until the numbers at the bottom of the viewfinder are sharply in focus and that's how you know it's set and so you want to go ahead and set that and you sh again you shouldn't have to mess with it again unless you maybe nudge it by accident and I've done this on occasion I'm shooting and I've nudged it by accident and I'm trying to shoot and I'm 
they're pressing the shutter and it and it just looks like nothing is coming into focus and i hear the beep and i see that green light go solid and it still doesn't look like it's in focus i take the image and the back of my lcd screen the image looks sharply in focus and now i know i have a diopter issue i go back and i adjust it again until it's sharply in focus all right so again set that and you should not have to worry about it again now, the other thing I set and forget is my custom menu options. So you'll go to the green settings and you will now find the custom menu options. And, and this is cool because you get to create one or two or, or maybe even three tabs where you put all of your commonly used functions right there so it's easy to find. Like you don't want to have to always go hunting for stuff if you know you use it frequently. So for instance, in my custom menu, you'll always find format um, format your card as one of my options or, or battery uh, life. In things that I know that I'm going to use, going to use commonly will be in one of the first tabs because I know I'm going to use them all the time and I want to go straight there, rating and reviewing, things like that I keep there so that they can be handy and I don't have to go searching for them. Things that I know that I might use often on a shoot but not regularly, I might put in one of the other tabs like in-camera HDR and stuff like that that I thought, you know, this is cool. Um, I detect focus on some of the newer cameras. I would put that there, a silent shutter on my EOS R, I'll put all of those under one of the tabs because I know that's one of the things that I'll want to use and get to quickly. And if I don't use it enough, I won't want to go hunting for it. So custom menu options can be useful for that. And then there's also, you'll find things like an image review time. In mirrorless cameras, you might want to turn the image review off or on because when you're looking through the electronic viewfinder, if the image review is on and you're looking through the viewfinder after you take an image, it pops up in your viewfinder. And that can be annoying if you want to continue shooting through a scene because this keeps popping up and getting in your way. So then you will just want to turn the image review off altogether so that when you depress a sh when you depress the shutter and take an image, it doesn't pop up automatically. And if you want to review the image, you'll actually just have to hit the play button to see it. Now, if you have it on, you can also de determine how long you want it to stay up on in, in your viewfinder or on your, your LCD screen. That's another one of those things that you will season to taste. And then there's an auto rotate function and you can set it up to rotate uh, for your portrait if you want the portrait to go um, so it optimizes the screen, screen, meaning if you're holding the camera the way it's set up, it's actually sideways. And it's, it's so that you have to turn the camera to see the portrait, um, the, the portrait image, but you'll use up all of the real estate to see the portrait image. And um, that might be helpful rather than looking at it when your camera is in horizontal orientation and you see a smaller version of it. Now, you can change it both for the camera and for the computer, and you can make those uh, those adjustments separately. 
so that you can say only rotate it when I'm looking at my camera, but not on the computer. So that's one of those things you want to set it and forget it because once you set that, you probably won't want to mess around with it again. So that's the set it and forget it options. All right, the next section is set it and know where to find it. This is the section where you're setting things and you know that you'll have to come back to them from time to time, but not necessarily constantly on a shoot. And of course, the first one is format new cards. The first time you pop your card in, you're going to want to format the card. And that wipes the card clean and now sets it up for your camera. The other thing you'll want to do is adjust the picture styles. Now, picture styles will adjust the sharpness, the saturation, and the contrast. And it will do different variation of, variations of these three and apply them to the preview so that you can see what it looks like. So, for instance, if you set it to monochrome so that you can shoot in black and white, you'll see in the, in the preview after you shoot what it looks like. And then this will be applied to the JPEG. Now, you can also see it applied to the RAW if you go to the Canon's Digital Photo Professional software. All right. So... Um, picture styles is one of those things you probably said, and for the most part, you leave it alone unless you are in different situations. Um, I know that I, colleagues of mine will change different ones. For instance, if you are in high contrast situations or or if you are using one of the presets like landscape or portrait or something like that. So picture styles is the other thing you'll want to set and know where to find it. One of the things you'll want to set and for the most part leave alone is the image type and the image quality. The image type is do you want to shoot RAW or JPEG? Now you might already know that RAW is just all the data the camera collects and then JPEG is when it makes that data into an image with all of your decisions and with most cameras, you can select RAW, JPEG, or both, so that when you depress the shutter, it will um, copy both a RAW and a JPEG to your card. Now, in image quality, now this is also in the red shooting menu, you can choose the image size and quality in that you can choose whether you want a small, medium, or large, like how much comp JPEG compression do you want the camera to use when it's recording the image you can have it use uh, a lot of compression and get a small sized image let's say you want to conserve space or you can use the largest possible so that you can have the optimum quality i remember one situation where i used a less than large size was when i was setting up a camera for my wife to use and i know that she was just going to download the images to her iPhone and post them on Facebook. And that was the only usage that was going to be important to her. So I chose the medium size so it wouldn't clog her phone and it would still give her a quality that she was accustomed to while shooting her iPhone. I did the medium plus the raw so I could also pull the raw in case we wanted to do something else with it later. But there was always that size that says, this is only going to live on social media. And it's good enough. So you want to choose the image size and quality as one of those 
uh, decisions where you set it, and maybe you'll go back and adjust it, maybe you won't. One of the other things you'll want to do is download and set up your Canon Camera Connect app. This will allow you to be able to use Wi-Fi and Bluetooth to both control your camera and uh, while you're shooting, as well as see the images that are already on your camera and card and download them to your phone or tablet. It's a very, very convenient app to use. And that means you'll want to go in and use your Wi-Fi function and set it up and pair it for the first time. And then after that, it's pretty easy to, to use when you are ready to um, open up the app. One of the selections you'll also want to set up is the release shutter without card option. Now, many people I know disable this, and what that does is tells your camera that if for some reason you forgot to put in a memory card, do not allow you to shoot. Because the last thing you want to do is to go out and think you're shooting a lot of images and there's no memory card in your camera. That would be a nightmare. It's like shooting without film in the old days, and I've done that too. So you'll want to go in and find this option and choose Disable, and that will now I'll tell your camera not to allow you to focus or shoot without a memory card in it. Finally, you'll want to know where that Q button is. This is not a setting, it's the quick access button, but it allows you to get access to a lot of the settings that we will use in the set it and keep setting it option. This is a very helpful option. You press the Q and it brings up all of these settings that you will want to find while you are shooting. That brings us to the set it and keep setting it category. Now, this is where you have options that you will probably be actively using while you're shooting. And the first one is the basic shooting modes setting. Now, you'll usually find it on a dial on top of your camera, so you can choose between manual, AB for aperture value, TV for time value, and P for program in the creative mode. And if you're using the new EOS R, you'll actually have to hit a button on top of the camera to bring up those options. So you'll want to quickly find how you get there because that's one of the more important things you'll be using when you're shooting. I remember I was telling you on an older episode how I tried out this new mirrorless camera, oh, maybe seven to eight years ago when they were brand new, another on another manufacturer, and this option was buried two levels deep in the menu option, and it was that was just uh, one of the decisions that you thought, I'll never shoot with this camera because this is the kind of thing I need quick access to. So it's a good thing when it's readily available. So you want to find where that is. And then, of course, you want to find your metering, your exposure compensation, and your flash compensation. Of course, you'll find most of these either by going into the quick menu, the Q button, or depending on your camera, you will have it outside. You will want to choose between single and continuous shooting, and that typically looks like a a big empty rectangular box or a deck of cards, but single and continuous shooting. And uh, this is in the drive mode. 
you'll also have the autofocus operations option where you choose between one shot where you lock in on a stationary subject, AI servo where you focus and continue to focusing on a moving subject, and then AI focus, which is a hybrid, which is more like shooting in automatic mode. And of course, you'll want to know where to find the format card. And then one of the things I say is you want to have a reset a reset routine. And that means when you're done shooting, you want to put the camera back to settings that you are familiar with so that if you ever pick up the camera and go out the door, you know exactly how your camera is set up. Now, in some models, you have custom one, two, and three, and that's a great version of that. So C1, C2, and C3 are options that you, that you can use so that you choose a setting or you choose a setup that you like with your camera and you bake it in under one of those custom settings. Let's say there is a setup that I'd like to use when I use street photography. And I'll do, actually I'll get into this in a lot of detail in a future episode when I talk about how I use this for street photography. But let's say I use C1 because I want to go with the F8 and be there philosophy, meaning I'm going to set it up at F8. I'll set it in aperture value, F8, and then one shot mode and just a number of other selections, uh, a single autofocus point that I know I'm going to use continuously and I lock that in so that where whenever I wherever I am I just go to C1 and that whole set is just automatically comes up it's really convenient and I'll talk about it more in an upcoming episode but just know that this is one way to short circuit the reset routine so that you always know where your camera is when you put it in one of those options so there you have it if your camera is new or new to you, now you can make sure it's set and set up so that it is customized just the way you like it. Now remember, if you didn't take notes, no need to worry because you just need to go to eosphotographer.com episode 104 and get the free download with your checklist and my notes. Well, thanks again for joining me for another episode of Eels Photographer. I hope that was helpful for you. If you have questions, you can always email me at lynn at eosphotographer.com. Love to hear from you. Tell me what you're working on. Tell me what you're struggling with. And tell me what you'd like to hear on the podcast and how I can help you. Now, if you're an emerging photographer, check back often as I'm continuing to build out resources to help you learn your way around the camera, as well as how you can create amazing images. If you're new to the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. You can do it at eosphotographer.com forward slash subscribe. And I'll have links there if you want to get an email every time there's a new episode. Or if you just want to subscribe at uh, on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. As a matter of fact, you can find this podcast on just about every podcast platform. So wherever you like to listen, find us there and follow and, and subscribe. Rate and review an Apple. And finally, tell a friend. If you have another friend who is a Canon photographer or who is learning photography, introduce them to the podcast. You know, I'd love for you to help me grow this community into just lots of us 
cannon shooters who are trying to make our work better. All right? Well, that's it. Talk to you again next Tuesday. Until then, let's go out and create something amazing. This is Linford Morton. Take care.